Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. In a stunning turn of events, the ultra-Orthodox Jews have discovered and revealed their Messiah at Passover. This has come about because of three prophecies by rabbis concerning the coming of their Messiah, although there are more. The first one predicted that starting in the year 5780, there would not be a sustainable government in Israel for an extended period. Israel's election trouble began precisely in the year 5780-2019, and the Israeli government has been unstable ever since. The second one speaks of political battles between two Benjamins. The two Benjamins are Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz. The third says the Messiah will come after the third time the Israeli government has fallen. There has now been a fourth time and Israel is moving into a fifth election. These three have been fulfilled and now it appears that the Messiah has appeared. But is this particular Messiah the one? Let's examine him the way the Jews wanted to examine Yeshua. Let's first listen to this audio by Revelation21.com as he explains the three prophecies on March 31st, 2021. So, just going back to the prophecy and how these prophecies, if we look at them, the Kaduri prophecy, it talks about the beginning of this period, which we have been watching from. It's interesting because if you have, if you actually have a look at this, each of these prophecies talk about a different thing. So, the Kaduri one talks about the beginning of the, this stalemate in Israel, and then it talks about Rosh Hashanah, there will be a fight in heaven, the holy side against this, the side of evil. So that's the, from a, uh, from a heavenly perspective in the realm that we cannot see. Uh, so it talks about the beginning of this period of time and an extended period where there's going to be the stalemate and then this fight that's, that occurs in heaven, which seems to match up with Revelation chapter 12 when Satan fights against Michael and his angels. So before we move further into this, I want to interject here because you'll recall that Rosh Hashanah is the way that the Jews renamed Yahweh's feast of Yom Teruah. Yom Teruah means the day of the trumpet blast. And among other things, Yom Teruah is the day of the crowning of the kings. So if this one that they are thinking is now the Messiah, if this really is him, if he really has been revealed on the 21st day of Nisan, which is the seventh day of Unleavened Bread Week, and that was April 3rd, 2020, if he is here, we can expect that he will be crowned on Tishrei 1, which comes this coming September. That would be the most likely scenario, 
but of course not the only one. I would not expect though that the Jews would crown this Messiah on any other day than the day that they crowned Saul and David and Solomon and so forth. Would you? Now let's continue with the other two prophecies. Then the covenant of the persimmon, Rabbi uh, Shoshani, this one talks about the interim period. Um, so it doesn't talk about the beginning, but it talks about the events which occur over this period of time between these two men, which are called Benjamin, that are trying to contend for this government or kingship. Okay, let me jump in here again. These two Benjamins are Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz, Benny Gantz. And then he says, on that day, understand that the Messiah already stands at the doorway and on the Sabbath afterwards he will come and be revealed. Okay, what he is telling you is that this prophecy says that the Jewish Messiah will appear on the Sabbath in Passover week or in unleavened bread week. Well, that happened. The 21st of Nisan corresponded to April 3rd. And we're going to find out what happened on that day. So we have had this election now and we know that that's the that is this is the fourth election so there have been three failed governments and this is now the fourth election and they haven't tried to build the government up so then so that's the so we see the Kaduri one talks about the beginning then the Shoshani one talks about the interim period and the two Benjamins and the Sabbath afterwards he will come and be revealed and then the Kisma prophecy fits in and speaks about the actual falling of the governments themselves so that's the end of the prophecy when it when they can't build the government up again so if you look at these prophecies these three these three prophecies and how they interlink with one another you've got the beginning the interim period and the end which is with regards to the government so you've got them you've got kaduri mentioning the, the time, which is 5780, which is when this began. Then you've got Shoshani mentioning the actual players, which are Benjamin Netanyahu and ben, Benny Gantz and the, the government. And then you've got the, from the high level perspective, the government and it falling down three times. And then it says, before it can be rebuilt, the son of David will come. So, if we take that and extract it and we look at that practically speaking before it can be rebuilt the the government being rebuilt would be rebuilt by and of course this is speculation but it would be rebuilt by whoever was given the mandate because they would then build the government up based on the representative parties which they then form to build the government so that would that would mean the building up of the government using the available parties which would agree to form that government. So that would be when Rivlin gives them the mandate. And whoever is given that opportunity would then start to build based on the pieces which are the different political parties. So basically what I'm saying is potentially maybe this coming weekend, now that the elections results have been uh, announced officially, and bear in mind that... 
the 21st of Nisan is, is what's coming up this weekend. So if we have a look at the date, uh, the date on Saturday the 3rd of April, that's the 21st of Nisan, and that is Pesach, the 7th day of Pesach or Passover or, or Unleavened Bread, that is this coming Sabbath. So now let's hear from the next video to find out what it was that happened on 21 Nissan, April 3rd, 2021. Here is a man who goes by the handle Wallytron. Here he is to tell you his take on what happened on Nissan 21, April 3rd. For these three prophecies to be fulfilled, the Messiah had to be revealed on Passover, which is the following Sabbath. And then my wife got a, uh, on her Facebook, she got a, a an alert, and it's only in Spanish. There's, I'm, as far as I know, I'm the first one, first one to hear in English to bring this out. On the Sabbath afterwards, this guy right here, his name is Jekahu Ben David. Wally Tron is having a hard time pronouncing the name. It is Yitzyahu Ben David. And it is spelled J I Z I A H U. But that is not his real name. His real name is Rav Shlomo Yehuda Biri. We're going to find out who this is. And what's really crazy is that this guy, he was revealed here on the 27th at the Wailing Wall. Okay? At the Wailing Wall on the 27th. What he's saying is that on March 27th, which was the weekly Sabbath, but not yet Passover, some Jewish men discovered him at the Wailing Wall. Passover began after sundown, after the weekly Sabbath. So we have two dates floating around for this man's discovery. Yitzyahu ben David was praying on the weekly Sabbath at the Wailing Wall, and that night, the start of Passover, as far as I can tell, he was taken to the synagogue underneath Temple Mount and was crowned king of Israel, according to one of the videos I watched. Yitzyahu ben David was shown in videos teaching the head rabbis and those same head rabbis bowing before him and kissing his hand along with the other men that were present. I have not yet found any evidence for crowning but certainly they were bowing to him. What's really crazy is that this guy, he's a um, Hispanic Jew. This guy shows up here on the 27th. These guys are kissing his hand. They only do that to the number one rabbi in Jerusalem or Israel. That's it. These guys do not kiss the hands of just any rabbi. And for these rabbis to allow their people to kiss this guy's hand at the wailing wall, it is it is really huge. It's massive. It's it's. And there's, even these people are saying, is this guy the Messiah? He's they, In private, he's been crowned, and they're fixing to crown this guy in public. So this is huge news. 
uh, this guy is looking like the Messiah. And, he's, and what's crazy is this guy is half Jew and half Muslim. So, and he was in the military. So this guy is somebody to be watching. This guy is 30 years old. All of these rabbis are saying that this guy is their Messiah. Is bit their Ben David, King David, and he is has the lineage going all the way up to King David. So they they crown this guy in private, and now they're going to crown him in public. And here is another fella to tell you his take on this issue. Blessings. I am Esdras Monares. Who is really this man? Is he really the Messiah that the Orthodox Jewish people were waiting for? Although they have been very hermetic with this subject, this character has attracted a lot of attention. But who is this man? Where did he come from? His name is Shlomo Yehuda Beri. He was born in Israel, the land of Israel, in 1988, an only son his paternal grandfather, Shlomo, was one of the rabbi. He had learned from the great Mechubalim, which are the Eastern Sephardic Kabbalists of Jerusalem. And his maternal grandfather, who was also a rabbi, was called Yehuda. It is said that his devoted grandmother, Naomi, Shlomo's wife, made abundant prayers to merit a grandson. So when he was born, she was filled with joy and realizing that this child was called for greatness. So she warned, take care of the child and make sure that his head has no harm. Grandmother Naomi naturally assumed that this grandson would bear her husband's name. And after her husband's death, she saved all the money and built a synagogue, a synagogue in the memory of her deceased husband. I prayed for this child, said the grandmother. I want his name to be Shlomo. But his mother, the mother of the child, wanted to name the child as her father. So in the end, they made a commitment, and he was named Shlomo Yehuda. He considers one of his life's missions to bring peace among the people. Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda described the poverty he lived when he was a child. His father suffered from various afflictions related to an injury that prevent him from working. But in the midst of his suffering, he was watching his son learn Torah. Shlomo Yehuda used to cry when he read about the men of the Bible, feeling a strong desire to connect and understand their writings. When he asked where he had acquired such sensitivity, he said, Do you think the great Jewish men learned the Torah just to know it and remember it? They learned Torah with tears in their eyes without missing the smallest detail or missing an accent of the divine will. Shlomo caught this concept when he was just a child. The family often moved. They went to Spain, Switzerland, Germany, and they returned to Israel. 
but whether they were in Jerusalem, in Berlin, in Barcelona, or Germany, Shilomo Yehuda was looking for a synagogue or a study hall to study the Torah. Today, this man is 32 years old, and it is known as Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda Hinoka. And every time he goes to give a study, the rabbis, who are decades older, they listen to him attentively. And every time he comes to give a study, he fills the place with young and old people. Well, this story so far seems good, but there are those who are already beginning to idolize him. There are people who are already beginning to call this man Messiah. We must know that the Orthodox Jewish do not expect a Messiah like us, who already came and will come in glory in the heaven. But they expect a Messiah of the house of Judah. He will not come in heaven. He will be a man, they say, in common sight, a common man, but with a very high understanding that he will help them to reach the creator of the universe. Yeshayahu is Hezekiah in the Bible, which means God is my strength or God strengthen. It is the 13th king of the kingdom of Judah, the son of King Ahaz, found in the second of Chronicles chapter 29 verse 1. And he reigned for 29 years. We can also read that he is one of the kings mentioned in the genealogy of our Messiah in the Gospel of Matthew. According to the Orthodox Jewish, Hezekiah qualified as the Messiah because of his paternal descent, and Yizkiyahu was anointed. But this Yizkiyahu, the king of Israel, died, so that disqualifies him as the future Messiah, since the Messiah cannot come from the dead. But then, the question is, why they call him Yizkiyahu the Messiah? Why are they making Yizkiyahu their Messiah? Okay, they call him like that because they said that our Messiah, the true Messiah, will never come a second time. And in that case, or if in the case he would come a second time, then Yizkiyahu will come and with more merit he would become the true Messiah. So all the qualities that Yizkiyahu had are now found in Shlomo Yehuda. That is why they began to worship him. Perhaps some even idolized him. It is said that he was crowned already, but the truth is that no one has confirmed it. These people is very hermetic, and also it is strange because it is supposed to be an event of joy and happiness. It is not well known why they have not made it public. But what do we have to do as believers of the true Messiah? Well, although there are many prophecies that have to happen, we must always act as children of the Most High God. And we must pray for each other, crying out to the Almighty 
so that once again he shows his great mercy to Israel. One of the things that calls my attention is that during the week that was a very important week for the Jewish people because they were celebrating the Passover, Pesach in Hebrew, a very important week for the people of Israel. In that same week, in Egypt, in the Cairo, there was a pharaoh's parade after invoking Allah. They moved the sarcophagus of 22 kings and queens of 3,000 years ago. Among the mummies that were moved to the new museum of the civilization of Egypt, they moved the powerful Hatshepsut, the queen among the queens of Egypt, and her son Tutmosis, who was the third conqueror and the legendary second Ramses, who built a museum bed. And this calls our attention because the celebration of the Passover celebrates the liberation of Israel from the people of Egypt, the liberation from slavery. Our Messiah, Jesus Christ, warned us that in the last days, false messiahs would appear, who would disguise themselves as the true Messiah and claim to be the savior of the world. It is in the Bible, in the book of Matthew 24, verse 4. One commenter of a video with Rav Shlomo Yehuda Biri teaching said, Blessed is the generation that got to see his face. Continuous pleasure examining the next world to hear and see the rabbi. Another wrote, there are no words to describe how much privilege we have in this generation of such a truly humble, whole sage. It's a lesson of humility to see him and hear that special voice, heaven on earth. And then there's this one, most wonderful, a holy and pure mouth, pure and clean. So who is Shlomo Yehuda Biri, a.k.a. Yitziahu Ben David? Let me answer the Yitziahu Ben David name first. Yitziahu is Hebrew for taxation. It can also mean compensation. Commentators on YouTube are calling Shlomo Yehuda Biri the compensation of David. It is more likely, though, that his name will lead to heavy taxation of all sorts, as was the case with Rehoboam in the scripture. Taxation will probably be a more appropriate epithet for him in the future. Most certainly he will be a burden and on everyone, like heavy taxes. Shlomo Yehuda Biri is actually Rav or Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda Biri, a.k.a. Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda Shlita, a.k.a. Yanuka. He goes by all these names. 
and he's lauded as the greatest Kabbalah teacher of this generation, if not of all time. It is difficult to determine which glorification is being used because almost everything about him is in either Hebrew or Spanish. Certainly in videos he is seen teaching the head rabbis of the Sanhedrin according to the audio from those videos, some of which you have heard today. And here is some information from the Daily Zohar from Hanukkah 2020. Rav Shlomo Yehuda Biri, he is a holy tzaddik. He is called the Yanuka because he is young, about 32, and shows amazing knowledge of all aspects of the Torah. He knows by heart the Torah, Talmud and commentaries, Zohar and commentaries, Ari and commentaries, and many other writings of tzaddikim. During his lectures, he gives exact references by page number and paragraph. He has great humility and well-known rabbis in Israel come to his lectures. There are many stories accumulate about the miracles he makes with his blessing. I am happy to write about him because I see his existence in this world as a gift and a miracle from Hashem. It is great merit to have such a great soul in our generation. It is a good sign that a greater light may be revealed soon in the world. Another revelation is that Or Haganus plus God numerically equals Corona. Also, Or Haganus and Hanukkah equal Corona. COVID-19 equals 25 of Kislev. That is the first day of Hanukkah. We see a strong connection between the plague that affected most of the world and Hanukkah. Well, what struck me from this excerpt was the connection of a Jewish-only holiday, it is not a feast of Yahweh, with COVID. This is one of the connections between Israel and its rapid vaccination rollout, which led to the green mark, the Israeli vaccine passport. And you can click on the link in this article where I report why Israel calls the vaccine passport the green mark. The article further says, We are able to connect to Or Haga News and draw peace to the world in this volatile time. Rav Shlomo Yehuda Biri is now connected with peace, the call of the son of perdition in 1 Thessalonians 5.3 and 2 Thessalonians 2.3. Notice too that this man is attributed with making miracles. Even though he is an ultra-Orthodox Jew, it is being said that he is half-Muslim. I have not been able to verify this. It is being said online without proof. However, if it turns out to be true, this knowledge could play a part in the Sunnis coming to glorify him. Shlomo Yehuda Biri is a man with bad eyesight who wears great big glasses to correct it. His bad eyesight is a sign of his spiritual blindness and the glasses are man-made just like his religion. His age is given as either 30, 32, or 33, dependent on who you listen to. 
he was an IDF soldier doing that as his service to Israel and not as a career. As you've heard from childhood, he only desired to study Kabbalah, and that is what he did. Ultra-Orthodox Jews around the world are calling him Moshiach. These are Kabad Jews, Kabbalistic adherents. This is important to understand. Not all Jews are calling Shlomo Yehuda Biri Moshiach. And remember that Kabad Jews had a Moshiach in Menachem Begin Schneerson, who is now dead. They adhere to men. With that in mind, this may be the man who will be the Antichrist. He arose just over one month after Israel rolled out the mark of the beast. So we are certainly in that time when we would expect the Antichrist to appear. Shlomo Yehuda Biri appeared. He was discovered praying at the Wailing Wall on the Sabbath, March 27, 2021, and it appears he was crowned king, or at least Moshiach, either that night or on April 3, 2021, the last day of Unleavened Bread Week. We also note that he is the son of a famous Kabbalistic rabbi and that he claims descendancy from Hezekiah and secondarily through David. This still makes him from the line of Solomon, the line that Yahweh said would ultimately not ascend his throne. Thus, Shlomo Yehuda Biri is an illegitimate king slash Moshiach. Also, Hezekiah worked with the northern tribes to attempt a reunification of all Israel as 12 tribes, starting with his invitation to return to Jerusalem for Passover in Second Chronicles 30. It was they that rejected Hezekiah, although some did return. Hezekiah was not trying to bring the northern tribes under the authority of the southern house, Shlomo Yehuda Biri will not be like that. He will advocate that all people come under Jewish authority instead of reestablishing national biblical Israel with 12 tribes and although belatedly bring those tribes back from the nations where they are still scattered. Thus Shlomo Yehuda Biri is not like Hezekiah at all. The case in point now for this is that Jerusalem is shut to everyone but Jews for Yahweh's feasts. Ephraimites as non-Jews are no longer and likely will no longer be allowed to attend Yahweh's feasts in Jerusalem unless they swear allegiance to Shlomo Yehuda Biri. As the newly crowned king and Moshiach of the ultra-Orthodox, we have to ask who will control him? The rabbis all fawn over him and elevate him as a great teacher, but that is not the role of a king. So who will be telling Shlomo Yehuda Biri what to do, how to proceed, and how to respond to situations? Well, the rabbis of the biblically illegitimate nascent Sanhedrin. And Shlomo Yehuda Biri is a likely ally of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the only one of the two Benjamins that has the full support of the ultra-right-wing, ultra-orthodox political parties in Israel.
If the people want a king over them because of the failed governmental system, it will not necessarily lead to the end of the Knesset. In fact, it would legitimize the Knesset to have a crowned king approve of the Knesset and choose, instead of President Rivlin choosing, a ruling political party and form a coalition based on that. Israel would then have the same kind of government system that exists in Jordan. The ramifications of this are far-reaching. One ramification would be if the new king were to select an experienced politician like Benjamin Netanyahu over a less powerful and experienced one like Benjamin Gantz. A private coronation of Shlomo Yehuda Biri is not enough to satisfy the prophetic requirement of the Jewish Messiah as king of Israel. This must be done publicly, which I suspect might be done on Tishri 1, Yom Teruah, as I said before. Until then, we have to wait and see what happens and how this develops. Shlomo Yehuda Biri's possible public crowning may happen because Israel will be headed into a fifth election with no clear winner in the run-up to it. No party leader is able at this time to make a coalition government. Now let's move on to the Russia threat to the U.S. War is one of the elements of the tribulation and we need to examine this just in the time when the Jews seem to think they have a Messiah. So let me tell you something that is happening with Russia. Satellite images show huge new Russian military buildup in the Arctic Circle according to this April 5, 2021 CNN report. Russia is amassing unprecedented military might in the Arctic and testing its newest weapons in a region freshly ice-free in a bid to secure its northern coast and open up a key shipping route from Asia to Europe. So don't be fooled, folks. This is not about shipping routes. This is a build-up for war against the United States. Russia has a new unmanned stealth torpedo powered by a nuclear reactor and intended by Russian designers to sneak past coastal defenses like those of the U.S. on the sea floor. The device is intended to deliver a warhead of multiple megatons, according to Russian officials, causing radioactive waves that would render swaths of the target coastline uninhabitable for decades. Weapons experts and Western officials have expressed particular concern about one Russian superweapon, the Poseidon 2M39 torpedo. Experts agree that the weapon is very real and already coming to fruition. The Poseidon, as part of the new type of nuclear deterrent weapons, is in a testing phase. But it's a strategic system and it's aimed at targets already and has an influence far beyond the region in which they test it currently. 
Satellite images detail a stark and continuous buildup of Russian military bases and hardware on the country's Arctic coastline, together with underground storage facilities likely for the Poseidon and other high-tech weapons. The Russian hardware in the high north area includes bombers and MiG-31 BM jets and new radar systems close to the coast of Alaska. The Russian buildup has been matched by NATO and U.S. troop and equipment movements. American B-1 Lancer bombers stationed in Norway's Orland Air Base have recently completed missions in the eastern Barents Sea, for example. The U.S. military stealth Seawolf sea submarine was acknowledged by U.S. officials in August as being in the area. A senior State Department official told CNN there's clearly a military challenge from the Russians in the Arctic, including their refitting of old Cold War bases and buildup of new facilities on the Kola Peninsula near the city of Murmansk. That has implications for the United States and its allies, not least because it creates the capacity to project power up to the North Atlantic, the official said. Russia is refurbishing Soviet-era airfields and radar installations, constructing new ports and search and rescue centers, and building up its fleet of nuclear and conventionally powered icebreakers. It is also expanding its network of air and coastal defense missile systems, thus strengthening its anti-access and area denial capabilities over key portions of the Arctic, he added. Campbell also noted the recent creation of a quick reaction alert force at two Arctic airfields. High-tech weapons are also being regularly tested in the Arctic area. Campbell added that in November, Russia claimed the successful test of the Tsirkon anti-ship hypersonic cruise missile. The Tsirkon and the Poseidon are part of a new generation of weapons pledged by Putin in 2018 as strategic game-changers in a fast-changing world. At the time, U.S. officials scorned the new weapons as technically far-fetched and improbable, yet they appear to be nearing fruition. The drive reports that three Russian ballistic missile submarines surfaced next to each other from beneath the ice near the North Pole as part of a recent major Arctic exercise. So far, the Kremlin has not officially confirmed that submarines are taking part in the exercise, which began on March 20th, and has also seen an unspecified nuclear submarine fire a torpedo underneath the Arctic ice. ForeignPolicy.com's March 5, 2021 publication says Russia's new missiles are aimed right at the United States. Normally inured to the fire and brimstone of Russian state TV, says this article, international audiences perked up their ears last month when a Sunday evening news show singled out a handful of locations in the United States that could be targets for annihilation by Russia's new hypersonic weapons. 
quote, for now, we're not threatening anyone, unquote, said the TV host Dmitry Kiselyov. The segment came days after Russian President Vladimir Putin's annual address to the nation on February 20th, in which he warned that Russia would be forced to deploy hypersonic weapons that can travel over five times the speed of sound. Given their speed and agility, the United States is currently unable to defend against them. While designed to fly at Mach 5 or higher, hypersonic missiles are worrisome not so much for their speed as for their moves. Hypersonics have a much greater ability to maneuver as they hurtle toward their target, which could help them foil current missile defenses and slam shut an already very tight response window. Their speed and accuracy, maneuverability, and unusual altitude can decrease warning and decision time and increase the ability to strike nuclear-related targets with conventional weapons, said Kingston Reef, the Director for Disarmament and Threat Reduction Policy at the Arms Control Association. The missile's potential use in conventional warfare has some U.S. analysts more alarmed because they could deliver a lightning strike. The two weapons can carry both nuclear and conventional arms, using them conventionally to target the United States. The Joe Biden administration has started pushing on Russia, and he better be careful. Russia just might push back, and not just on Biden, but the whole country. What's more is that China and Russia will coordinate their attacks. That is part of their Sino-Russia cooperation agreement. Growing cooperation in the military realm is of paramount significance for U.S. strategy and policy planning. This article goes on to say that China and Russia are unlikely to form a military alliance. And indeed, this week, Russia announced that There is not, nor will there be, a formal military arrangement between the two countries. The East Asia Forum takes a more sensible stance, saying Russia-China military technical cooperation has always been rather secretive, and the level of secrecy has increased as both countries engage in more direct confrontation with the United States. So while pundits punt, the U.S. military is watching for any signs of military cooperation between Russia and China. Reports indicate that Russians and Chinese meet secretly and often. Thus, it is unlikely that the two countries will announce any military agreement. They will simply agree behind doors. To do anything else would be to give warning ahead of time, which will prevent any coordinated surprise attack on the United States. 
And now let's talk about the COVID vaccine passport system in the U.S. Just when the Mark of the Beast vaccine jab and the ultra-Orthodox Chabad Kabbalistic Jewish Messiah have come on the scene in Israel, the vaccine passport system is causing a ruckus in the U.S. The U.S. vaccine passport system is being hailed as similar to China's social credit system and as a way to separate the clean from the unclean, the pure from the impure, and will be used to separate those who are eligible to meet their Jewish Messiah and King, whether that happens sooner or later. This clean and unclean aspect comes from Dr. Mercola himself. Ron Paul, in his Liberty Report from March 28, 2021, said the Biden's administration's system will quickly morph into a copy of China's social credit system where undesirable behaviors are severely punished. Mandatory vaccine passports will be massively discriminating. As such, vaccine passports are nothing but loyalty cards, loyalty to the beast system as I say here as noted by former Clinton advisor and author Naomi Wolf once this rolls out you don't have a choice about being part of the system what people have to understand is that any other functionality can be loaded onto that platform with no problem at all it can be merged with your PayPal account with your digital currency Microsoft is already talking about merging it with payment plans your network can be sucked up it geolocates you everywhere you go your credit history can be included all of your medical and health history can be included and without the vaccine passport that proves you've been marked slash jabbed you will not have access to PayPal bank accounts digital currencies you've invested in your own medical records or those of your children etc and the time will come when you cannot shop for food this has already happened in Israel and six months later we're hearing from activists that it's already a two-tiered society and that basically activists are ostracized and surveilled continually it is the end of civil society and they're trying to roll it out around the world it is absolutely so much more than a vaccine pass she says I cannot stress enough that it has the power to turn off your life or to turn on your life to let you engage in society or be marginalized now you should read this article to further find out how IBM was part of the marginalization of the Jews in Germany and it is IBM who is rolling out New York's Excelsior Pass a commentator on CNN said last week that freedoms must be withheld from the unvaccinated. This thing is coming, folks. New York's Excelsior Pass, which is America's prototype and is the same type as Israel's Green Pass, will allow the state of New York to geotrack you everywhere.
The first time you use the app, it will send those three items, your name, a QR code, and a green check mark. I didn't write that. That's in the article I'm, I'm uh, telling you about that comes out of GovTech.com. The first time that you use the app, it will send these three items, your name, QR code, and green check mark. Ah, same as Israel, to your mobile device where it will be available regardless of whether you have service. Once a month, it will ping the health authority again to re-verify. Yeah, there's the Israel's green mark rolling out in America. And that app will ping once a month. For what? Well, to make sure you're still on the planet or that you're still using your phone. Well, probably the latter. And why do I say that? Well, it says should a person scan the QR code, the app will ping the health authority to verify the authenticity of the information. Folks, they want to track everywhere you go through the green check mark so that you will never be out of their purview. This is in New York's Excelsior Pass. Everywhere you go. The system will need to ping your app all day, every day. They will always know where you are and what you are doing. And so if you lose that phone, they can't track you. So they will ping you on your phone every month just to make sure that you're still trackable. Be comforted though. FEMA has agreed to pay funeral expenses for those who died of COVID. All you need to do is to have died after January 20th, 2020. Everything that is now happening is part of a complete package defined in scripture as the conditions that will exist in the tribulation. The mark of the beast, the Jewish Messiah who will be crowned king, and war. I'll be watching. So stick with Beast Watch News as I bring you news and analysis of everything I can find having to do with the beast and its system, the possible Messiah who could turn out to be the Antichrist, and the rabbis pulling his shots, as well as what the West's and America's enemies have planned militarily. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.